RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Today's Daily Star Trek News is supported by listeners like you, patrons through Patreon. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. Hello and welcome to your daily Star Trek news from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. I'm Alison Pitt and today is Tuesday, August 27th, 2019. On today's show, Ethan Peck explains the real reason we need a Pike, Spock, and number one Discovery spinoff. The director of Love Antosha describes meeting Anton Yelchin through making the film. And how a key plot point of Godzilla, King of the Monsters, drew inspiration from Star Trek. All this plus the week's Trek trivia, coming up next. Ethan Peck was one of the guests of honor at last weekend's Triconderoga, the yearly event centered around the official Star Trek set tour in Ticonderoga, New York. During the weekend, Peck gave a Q&A session to attendees, and treknews.net was there. During the Q&A, Peck related his Spock makeup to a compelling reason why Pike, Spock, and Number One deserve their own series. He said, they had to completely block out my eyebrows because of a contractual situation for me. So they had me episode by episode, and shaving my eyebrows would really take me out of other work opportunities. So hopefully, Anson Mount, Rebecca Romaine, and I are all hoping to have a spinoff of our own, and we can do all this proper. Peck also talked about his beard. He said that as soon as Alex Kurtzman, Discovery's showrunner, asked him not to shave... He knew he would face criticism from fans, which he did. But he took the criticism in his stride, saying, People are going to think what they're going to think, and I can't control that, so I just do my best. Peck even revealed that it was early in the process that Kurtzman decided that shaving the beard would be a plot point. I remember we were at dinner in New York for New York Comic Con, he said when he told me about Michael Burnham leaving and putting a nice little bow on her non-existence for canon, and he told me I would walk out shaven and we would be on our way aboard the Enterprise. Peck also explained that he's conscious of his privilege to have had his career so far. I'm really lucky. I'm insanely lucky, he said. I come from this incredible acting family. My grandfather, Gregory Peck, was an actor. I survived a crazy motorcycle crash about 10 years ago, and then I got cast as Spock after I almost quit acting. That's just layer upon layer of unusual living. The older I get, the more I'm feeling like I'm living in a dream. I feel very, very grateful. You can watch Peck's turn as Spock for yourself in Star Trek Discovery Season 2, available for streaming now and out on disc from November of this year. The Anton Yelchin documentary Love Antosha is currently in the middle of a limited theatrical run. In an interview with AwardsDaily.com this week, the film's director, Garrett Price, talked about his creative process, how having Yelchin's parents involved was integral to the film, and how his Star Trek co-stars were always going to be part of the story. Price explained that he didn't know Yelchin before he passed away, but he said he met Anton through the making of the film. 
It was actually Drake Doremus, Yelchin's co-star in the film Like Crazy, who Yelchin's parents first reached out to, and Doremus referred them to him as an objective voice. Yelchin's parents, Irina and Victor, were, of course, instrumental to the film. Price explained, I was nervous going in because his parents were involved. I've worked on films where estates are involved, and it's a balancing act. Everyone wants to put their loved ones on a pedestal, which is totally understandable. But to their credit, they gave me full autonomy to tell their son's story. We didn't have to go through the politics of reaching out. They were able to reach out personally, and that's how we were able to get so many people involved, because it came through them. Having them as partners really lent to this working out. Love Antosha is filled with heartfelt interviews, but it also features animation and some of Yelchin's letters, hence the title. When asked about these unique aspects of the documentary, Price explained, I never wanted filmmaking to get in the way of Anton's story. That's why I love the interviews. We went in with a DP, a light kit, and a sound guy. No backdrops and nothing. I think that's why a lot of the interviews feel so unguarded, authentic, and real. The animation is the most stylistic we get in this film. I wanted to bring some energy to this because he was so voracious in his writing. Some things didn't come naturally to him, but he worked so hard to get there. He just loved the process so much. The interviews with friends and family are a centerpiece of Love Antosha. Some of the interviews include Willem Dafoe, Jodie Foster, and Jennifer Lawrence. The film is narrated by Nicolas Cage, who Price quotes as saying, We're doing something really important here. The film also features interviews with several Star Trek alumni, including Chris Pine, Zoe Saldana, and J.J. Abrams. When Price was asked how he filtered through all the people he could have interviewed, given Yelchin's extensive career, he noted that the Star Trek gang was always going to be a part of it, because he spent so much time with them. La Ventosha, a documentary about Anton Yelchin's life, creative pursuits, and living with cystic fibrosis, is now playing in select theaters across the country. Visit antonyelchindoc.com for showtimes and tickets. More news plus Trek Trivia Tuesday coming up next. But first, a word from me. Don't forget, all this week, I'm encouraging listeners to write me a good old-fashioned letter, inspired by the letter-writing campaigns and fanzines that kept Star Trek alive. I'd love to hear from you about your Star Trek story. Every Trekkie has one. Send a letter or a postcard to P.O. Box 17913, Irvine, California, 92623. That's P.O. Box 17913, Irvine, California, 92623. And if you include your return address, I'll send you a sticker. And of course, if you write in, I may use your comments in a future episode of this show. Don't forget as well, you can also contribute financially to the show, and you can do that through Patreon. The address is patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news to find out more. That's patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. And a big thanks to you for supporting this show. Now, for this next story, if you haven't yet seen Godzilla King of the Monsters, then turn your ears away now. Then spend at least five minutes hanging your head in shame, then go watch it, then come back. Please? 
A piece from Sci-Fi Wire this week revealed that in the film's commentary, director Michael Doherty cited Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan as a significant influence on a pivotal character's motivation. Doherty said, There's a scene in that film where they explain how the Genesis device works. And the Genesis device could take a lifeless planet and create a whole new ecosystem on a planet or a moon. I just love the idea that these giant monsters don't just destroy things, but in the aftermath of their destruction, they could cause nature to reclaim an environment. It isn't just Doherty who found inspiration for Godzilla from Star Trek. Back in May, Sci-Fi Wire also ran an interview with production designer Scott Shambliss. At the time, Shambliss likened Godzilla to his previous work on Star Trek 2009. When asked about the creative process of designing the monsters and sets for Godzilla, he said, It was kind of like when J.J. Abrams and I were approaching Star Trek. The Starship Enterprise, of course, was the big icon of the show. We had to take that seriously in terms of what it represented, but that didn't in any way mean that we had to reproduce it literally or just tweak it a little bit and send it off again. Sci-Fi Wire in this week's article also notes that Godzilla King of the Monsters drew inspiration from a number of other classic science fiction works, including Jaws, The Thing, and even Conan the Barbarian. Godzilla King of the Monsters is due to be released on DVD, Blu-ray, and 4K Ultra HD today. And now, it's Trek Trivia Tuesday. Did you know... Hikaru Sulu wasn't always named Hikaru. In fact, the first time his first name was acknowledged in on-screen canon was in the film Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. That film was released in 1991, a full 25 years after we were first introduced to Mr. Sulu. So now a trivia question for you. Sulu's first name was not invented for Star Trek VI, Quite the contrary, his name in Star Trek VI was given as a nod to fans who had been using Hikaru as his first name for nearly a decade. But in what body of work did we first learn Hikaru Sulu's first name? Find out on Friday's episode of Daily Star Trek News. Now before I go, don't forget that both Priority One and Mission Log will be broadcasting live this evening. Priority One is up first with the live recording of the show that you'll hear when it comes out on Friday. Get a peek behind the scenes and hang out in the chat room. That's at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter. Head to PriorityOnePodcast.com for details. Then on Mission Log Live this week, Mike Rothschild joins John Champion and Ken Ray. Mike's a debunker of conspiracy theories and fringe beliefs, or maybe that's just what he wants you to think. Find out when Mission Log Live goes live at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern on facebook.com forward slash mission log pod. Well, that's it for today's daily Star Trek news from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. For more great Star Trek podcasts, be sure to check out podcasts.roddenberry.com. This show is supported by people like you, patrons through Patreon. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. 
If you'd like to get in touch with me, just shoot me an email at info at dailystartreknews.com or find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Daily Trek News. I'm back tomorrow with more of the Star Trek news you need to know, and this week in Trek history. I'm Alison Pitt. Live long and prosper. Podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network